Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, this is not only the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, it's also the ninth week of our summer sermon series called The Tree of Life. And uh, if you remember last week, we focused on Jesus' death for us on the cross of Calvary, that redeeming act that brought forgiveness of sins to you and to me. Today, we celebrate that Jesus Christ did not stay dead. He rose from the dead three days later on Easter Sunday morning. He rose from the tomb victorious, and because of that, we declare, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. For our, our friends worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there on that website, you'll find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, and you might, may also give your offering to the Lord and his church under the give tab there on the website. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worshiping this morning. Uh, please join us for evening prayer service this upcoming Wednesday night, August 17th at 6.30 p.m. That's our last evening prayer service of the summer. So we, we will meet in the prayer chapel 6.30 p.m. this Wednesday. Our music ensembles for children and adults are starting up on August 31st and September 1st, depending on the ensemble. Uh, we would love to have you involved in the music ministry at Chapel of the Cross, even if you've never been in that before. Information about that is on the back side of your Chapel Weekly today. And if you'd like some information that's not there in the Chapel Weekly, make sure you talk to Ryan Meyer, our Director of Music. He'd be very, very happy to talk to you about our ensembles here at Chapel and your service in those ensembles. And this morning, we have a very special opportunity and a special blessing to welcome to Chapel of the Cross new members who have transferred their membership from Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel. Uh, some of you here at Chapel may know that Emmanuel Chapel's last service was July 10th. And although we, we mourn with you, the members of Emmanuel Chapel, the closing of that church, uh, we do rejoice that God continues to give his people opportunities to hear his word and to receive the sacraments. And we are delighted that you, the good saints from Emmanuel Chapel, have transferred your membership here to Chapel of the Cross. And we welcome you here. That rite of receiving new members will take place following the confession of faith a little later in the service, following the sermon. And we've got a little gift for y'all. There's, um, there's a gift bag, so don't leave without your gift bag. Those are on the table uh, by, the, by the office area. And we're going to have a little cake and punch reception afterwards, too. So we have a little fellowship, fellowship time with you this morning. Welcome, everybody, from Emmanuel Chapel. Our elder for this weekend is Ken Kreitner. Ken is standing in the back there, and he's going to greet you at the back door as you leave. Get to know Ken as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Come Thou Almighty King, hymn number 905 in our hymnal. We stand to sing it together.
Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Save us from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 23rd chapter of Jeremiah. This is what the Lord Almighty says Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you, they fill you with false hopes. 
They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do, do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets say, who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets, who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the 11th and 12th chapters of Hebrews. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did not receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, <clears throat> refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, 
he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here, just a short portion of that gospel reading again from John chapter 20. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, it's a little weird, isn't it? Easter in August? Yeah, Easter is a, a springtime event with the, you know, the flowers blooming and the trees are budding and there's new growth all around us. Easter seems kind of like a strange thing to be talking about in August as we're really just kind of on the footsteps of, of autumn and when it's not going to be too long before those flowers start dying and those leaves start falling. But actually, it's not weird. <laughs> and it should not seem strange at all. Because the, the very reason that we gather together on Sundays for worship is because Jesus was raised from the dead on a Sunday. So, so every Sunday, really, we celebrate a little Easter. Every Sunday, we rejoice and we are glad in that truth that even though Jesus was rejected and despised and stricken and smitten and afflicted and killed, God raised Jesus from the dead. And the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that is the cornerstone of our faith. So this Sunday, like, like every Sunday, we celebrate a little Easter. Today, maybe just a little more so, though, as we rejoice and are glad in that story of the resurrection from the Gospel of John. Do you know, there is no rejoicing or gladness for Mary when she got up on that Easter Sunday morning. Not at first. She was up very early that day, probably a lot earlier than any of us were up today. But she woke up on that Easter Sunday morning without any hope. She thought that the only thing to do that day was to care for the dead body of her friend Jesus. It was the only thing for her to do. Because in her way of thinking, after Jesus died on that Friday, what was there left to do in life that had any meaning whatsoever? Jesus' death had left her drained and broken and empty with nothing in her except tears and fears. She had been wrestling, I'm sure, with the idea that everything that she had believed in had been a lie. She had thought that Jesus was God's promised Savior. She believed that Jesus was God himself. She had thought he had proven that with his preaching, with his teaching, with his miracles. But when Jesus was condemned and then put to death on a cross on Good Friday, she feared that her faith was a farce. Tears and fears were what consumed Mary because she thought that death had the final word. And so we can kind of understand why when Mary Magdalene saw that stone rolled away from Jesus' tomb as she and the other ladies approached it early that Easter morning, we can understand why she assumed what she assumed. 
She ran back to the disciples. She said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. That right there is a statement spoken from the viewpoint that Jesus is missing, but Jesus must still be dead because death has the final word. And Mary is stuck in that. She is stuck in her tears and she is stuck in her fears. In fact, she is so stuck in those tears and those fears that when she went to the tomb and she found a number of things that were really rather fascinating, she was not phased by any of them. Now, the stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. Angels are there and they're talking with her. In fact, she's, she's crying about everything that has happened and the angels ask her, woman, why are you crying? And she responds, they've taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they've put him. So Jesus is not there. He has risen from the dead. The angels are there. They appear to her. They talk to her. They ask her why she's crying. And her assessment of that situation, of her world, of that day, that Easter morning, is just tears and fears. <laughs> Did she not hear what Jesus said over and over again, throughout his ministry. You remember what he said. I'm going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed and given over to sinful men. They will kill him. But on the third day, he will rise from the dead. Did she not hear that? Because he had said it many times. In Matthew 16, for example, it says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. He says something like that at least three times that we have recorded in scriptures. He probably said it a few more times than that even. In fact, even the Pharisees and, the, and those, uh, those chief priests, they knew about that. Listen to Matthew 27. The next day, the one after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he, Jesus, was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So the Pharisees and the chief priests even knew that Jesus at least said that he would rise from the dead. And if even the Pharisees and the chief priests knew that Jesus said that, well, so did Mary Magdalene. And yet what was Mary's assessment of her world on that first Easter Sunday. She's just stuck, isn't she? Stuck in her fears. Stuck in her tears. But we get that, I think. You and I, we get that, don't we? Because we've been there. How many tears have we shed over the years. Well, so many things, particularly when a loved one goes away to heaven. So many tears. Or fears. We have some fears. You betcha we got fears. I mean, think about one in particular, fears over our relationship with God, especially in light of the, the nasty things that we have the propensity to think and to say and to do. So, so many are like Mary, just stuck, stuck in tears and stuck in fears. And like Mary at the tomb, we can get stuck in such a way 
We just, we just can't shake it off. Stuck in what's happened in the past. Stuck in the memory, perhaps, of some cruelty that somebody did to us. Stuck in unshakable grief at the death of a loved one. Stuck in a sin that we can't shake from our hearts. Stuck in such a way, in fact, that we can't even sense the presence of our Lord. You know, how, how like Mary, we can stand so close to him, yet hear so little. How like Mary, we can come so near to Jesus, and yet forget so much. How, how like Mary, we can see so much, and yet really see so very little. Because we get stuck Stuck in tears. Stuck in fears. Do you know, something changed Mary that Easter Sunday. I mean, she was stuck. She was stuck in her fears and she was stuck in her tears. But something changed her. One thing changed her. Remember what it was? Jesus called her by name. The risen Christ simply says... Mary. And she turned toward him and she cried out, Rabboni, teacher. The Lord opened her heart and drove away her tears and her fears. He spoke her name and then she knew, she knew the truth. This man is no gardener. This man is Jesus. He's no longer dead. It was him, Jesus, lives, Christ has risen. And that truth, that we have arisen from the dead and very much alive today, Jesus, that changes everything. Changed everything for Mary. She was no longer stuck, was she? No longer stuck in her tears and in her fears. And that changes everything for us too. Because Jesus lives to drive away tears and fears. To all of us who are at times stuck in the circumstances of our lives, stuck in the past, or stuck in grief, or stuck in sin, or stuck in innumerable other ways, to all of us on this Sunday morning, know that that same risen Jesus Christ calls you by name. You know when he first did that? At your baptism. The risen Christ came to you in that water and in the word. He says, you are my child. And I love you. And I forgive you. You are mine. And then he calls us by name. We can rejoice in that fact every single day of our lives. I mean, it's so personal so loving, so grace-filled. It's like the good shepherd calling his sheep and it springs us out of gloom and despair and regret and it awakens us to the miracle of Easter. Pulls us out of tears and fears because Jesus lives and he lives for me. Because Christ is risen, we have that gift of heaven because Jesus lives, our future is secure in him. Because he has called us by name, we know that we are children of God and we're not stuck in the past. 
And we're not stuck in our circumstances. We're not stuck in our sin. We are not stuck in tears and fears. Because the risen Christ himself has come to us. And he's called us by name. He has called us to a new hope, a new joy, a new way to live. I love what Mary Magdalene does with that. When, when Jesus opens her eyes and opens her heart to believe, when Jesus takes away her tears and her fears, when Jesus calls her by name, then Mary becomes a missionary. She's, she's like a, an Olympian with a torch running to light the next fire, telling everybody this one simple thing. Jesus is alive. He lives for me. And he lives for you. He lives to love, to forgive, to save. And when Jesus opens our eyes and our hearts to believe, when Jesus takes away our tears and our fears, when Jesus calls us by name, then we are moved by God to become missionaries of the risen Christ. Oh, we've got a wonderful message to share. It's the same message as Mary's. Jesus is alive. And he lives for me and he lives for you. He lives to love, to forgive, to save. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed that's printed for you on page 8 of your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, he suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I ask our mem members and friends of Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel who are being received into membership to come forward here before the steps.
Good morning. Great to see you all today. You all received the, the order of service there, a little rite of, of uh, receiving. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. Do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God and the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from them and confessed in the small catechism to be faithful and true? I do. do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I do. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? I do. Do you desire to become a member of this congregation? Will you support the work of our gracious Lord that he has given us, this congregation, with your prayers and the gifts that God has given to you? Upon this, your confession of faith, I acknowledge publicly that you are members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation. Receive the Lord's Supper and participate with us in all the blessings of salvation that our Lord has given to his church. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your sons and daughters, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that by your word and spirit they may continue steadfast in the one true faith and the fellowship of this congregation, as together we await the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Could you all turn around so we can acknowledge and welcome you as new members of Chapel of the Cross? Thank you all. We look forward to a little time with you after worship today for our, with our cake and, 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 uh, and punch, and we welcome everybody to chapel. We continue our worship by gathering our offerings to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father of mercy, you sent your son to suffer in our place and you raised him up in victory over sin in the grave. You have transformed the night of doubt and sorrow into the new and eternal day of joy and gladness. You have brought life and immortality to light by the glad tidings that Christ is risen. For this, O Lord, we give you thanks. We praise you that through Jesus, you have removed death's sting for us. You have brought us victory over the grave. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Fill our hearts with the joy of the resurrection. Grant to your church the power of the resurrected Christ. Help us to show forth your praises. Bless our homes with your comfort and your hope and send the conquering banner of Christ's victory into all the world. Grant that many more may join the hosts of heaven in songs of triumph. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, in mercy, remember this congregation. Bind us all together in genuine Christian love. Grant us grace to put to death all resentment, jealousy, and pride and raise us to the joy of serving one another in all humility. We praise you for those who are joining our numbers today from Emmanuel Lutheran Chapel. We thank you for the many years of mission and ministry of Emmanuel and the gospel that was proclaimed through the people and the pastors of that place. And we rejoice in your goodness and in the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, in mercy, remember the leaders of our nation. Uphold them in honor and grant them wisdom and courage. Lead us and all nations into the ways of peace and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, in mercy, remember all who cry out to you in their time of need, especially your servants, Jay Bensinger, as he recovers from surgery, and Linda Taylor, as she has surgery this week. Give them hope in your promises. Bring them the comfort of your presence. And if it be your will, grant them the healing they need in their bodies. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace and comfort, visit those who need your love and care as they mourn the death of loved ones, especially Wilma Miller and her family upon the death of Wilma's brother, Harold. Give your strength and the peace that passes all understanding as they lean on your promises of salvation and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we give you great thanks for your gifts and your blessings. We thank and praise you along with Coraline Bartok and her family upon the successful removal of a tumor. Bring continued healing to Coraline and keep her in your care. We also give thanks with Carolyn Rusnick and her family as she celebrates her birthday today. We thank you for the blessings of life that you have given to her and we ask you to continue to bless her with your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, 
everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together. We are called to stand together. Hymn number 828 in our hymnal.